morning. Bless your hearts for coming out this morning. Uh, Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Some of you more red-eyed and bushy-haired. <laughs> this morning, we will be going through Scripture. Amen? If you have your Bibles with you, do you know that you're very abnormal? Did you know that? What group of young people actually comes out 7 o'clock in the morning uh, wearing some nice clothes and brushing your teeth and having your hair combed? This is a very unusual group. Amen? Um, I don't know any other uh, group of people who pays just hundreds of dollars to risk their life to come to San Jose, California. Uh, you're just weird. But praise the Lord for weird people. Amen? Weird in a good way, not weird in a bad way. Okay. Before we start, I have a, a short word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for this venue. But Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit to convict our hearts this morning. Lord, we don't need pomp and display. We don't need an adrenaline rush. Father, we need your Holy Spirit. So, Father, as we navigate through your holy scriptures, Lord, bless the ears of every person who hears. Lord, bless my lips. Cleanse us from our sins. We ask for the pouring forth of your Holy Spirit without reservation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Luke is the, the third book of the New Testament. Chapter 9 is... Ninth chapter of Luke. If you're there, please say amen. In the morning sessions, we're going to look at some of the, maybe not all the sessions, but some of the sessions. We're going to look at some of the movements that have existed in history. This morning, we're going to look at the 12 disciples. How many are familiar with the 12 disciples, the 12 classic fathers of Christianity? In my imagination, and with all due respect, these are the ones who changed the world. In my imagination, before the cross, before the conversion, they remind me of the seven Disney, Disney seven dwarves. Now, you don't have to go see the movie to, to know what I'm talking about. They just seem like a bungling group of 12 men. Amen? They not, they're not very smart, or they're not very quick, or some of them are, but they have pride issues, and they're, they're just, you know, fighting with each other, and Jesus is trying to teach them for three and a half years some profound messages, and these guys are just kind of arguing about, you know, hey, did you buy the food today? And they're, you know, they're just not really getting it. If this sermon was retitled, I'd call it Getting It. Getting It. We're going to look at Luke chapter 9 this morning. Luke chapter 9 is a, mm, a galleria, a, a, a compilation, if you will, of all the mistakes and the faults of the 12 disciples. Peter was known for his what? For putting his foot in his mouth, his ostentatiousness, his, his just talk, 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 and not think, think, think. Philip was known for not really getting it, you know. He's been with Jesus for, for three and a half. He's not really quick. Uh, the, the Greeks come and they want to, hey, can we see Jesus? And he's like, oh, okay, I'll take you to Andrew. You know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> James and John had an anger problem. They're called uh, James and John, you know, Thunderson, you know. They just, you know, can we, Jesus, can we kill them for you? You know, and Jesus is, yeah. 
just all of them are just weird, interesting, incompetent characters. So this morning we're going to look at Luke chapter 9. And for those of you who are more of the type A, you know, personality, I had to take notes during the sermon, you know, there's 10 points I would like to bring out. For those of you more artistic and just enjoy the experience. But those who are analytical, write down 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 10 on the side. We're going to go through 10 points. There's more in scripture, but for the time constraints this morning, we're going to look at Luke chapter 9, 10 points. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Who is he in verse 1? Obviously it is Jesus. Jesus calls the 12 disciples and gives them two things. What does he give them? Power and authority to cure diseases. And then from verse 3 onward to verse 5, he gives them instructions on what to do. And, and, and for, the, for today, we're not going to look at what exactly he says. Now go to verse 10. And the apostles, when they were returned told him all that they had done. He took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to a city called Bethsaida. So here Jesus gives them uh, instructions and they go out. And after a whole day of work, they come back and they tell Jesus all the things that they did. Now, contrast this, the 12 disciples, to a second group on chapter 10 of Luke. Go to chapter 10. It's It's the next chapter. should be only be a page after this. Chapter 10. And verse 1, after all these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also, sent them two by two before his face into every city and place, whether he himself would come. Now, there are two groups, amen? The first group is what? 12 disciples, and the second group is what? 70 disciples, or 70, the 70, okay? These two groups, in, in a sort of way, were given the same instructions. They go out, they do uh, a GYC outreach, and then they come back. The 12 disciples come back and they tell everything that they, that, that they did to Jesus. The 70 come back and go to chapter 10, verse 17. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. What is the difference between the response between group 1, the 12 disciples, and group 2, the, the 70? What is the key word that's missing in the first response? Joy. Verse 18, Jesus responds, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from him, and he's speaking out of joy. Verse 19, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding in this rejoice not, but that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He talks about joy and joy twice, two more times. And again, verse 21, In that hour, Jesus what? rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto the babes, even so, Father, for it seemed uh, good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. In verse 23, he, he says, Jesus turns, he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. Do you see the difference here? The 12 disciples are God's chosen leaders. They're the, 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 the 12, you know, the 12. And he gives them out. They go out and they come back. And they come back and they tell, and the Bible says, they tell everything that they did to Jesus. 
So they come back, and they're like, Jesus, well, we went out, and we passed that couple tracks, and yeah, we healed a couple people, and we, you know, there's a couple devils that we just passed, uh, cast out, you know. Yeah, that's what we did, Jesus. And they're giving a whole record. The other 70 come back, and the 70 are not as well close to Jesus as 12 are, but they come back, and they come back with what? Joy. They're jumping up and down. Jesus, we cast out devils, and, you, ah, and all the 70 are just, you know, freaking out question to you is this do you have joy when you do outreach is your three and a half years intimate time with jesus does that cause you have joy in jesus as seventh day adventist young people sometimes joy is missing amen we try to replace it with enthusiasm and adrenaline rushes do you have joy when you do outreach i will confess to you i usually don't have joy when i do outreach when I hear of outreach, I think of, oh, no. We got to go out into the community and, and, and talk to people. And yesterday, the, the GLOW presentation, wow, that was great. You can, you can, like, not talk to people and just, you know, do this and <laughs> go to barbecue grills and bathrooms, <laughs> bathroom ministry. The 70 had joy. This joy caused Jesus to be joyous. In verse, verse, um, where are we? Where are we? Verse twenty-one. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced. That word for rejoice in the Greek, I won't tell you because it doesn't really impress people anymore about Greek. Is a word that's only found here. There are two words for rejoice. One is regular rejoice. It's like, hey, praise the Lord, amen. Ha, that's cool. The other rejoice is Jesus was exceedingly jumping. The scripture doesn't say jumping up and down, but just brimming with. Joy. <laughs> Jesus was happy. Amen, friends? But he says, you know, oh, bless these babes, Lord, these, these babies in, 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 in Christ. They, they don't understand yet, but they're happy. And rather be happy that your names are written in heaven. And then in verse 23, he turns to his disciples. Why is he turning to his disciples? He's almost teaching them a lesson, yes? He's like, hey, these guys get it. Blessed are you who sees this. My question, my, my whole premise is this, and I know it's early, friends. I know this is like all this TV and poinsettias and, and all whatever. This is the point for today. You can go to sleep after this. If we don't do what we need to do now, somebody else will take our place. And they'll do it joyously. There are a lot of people out there that are non 70 Adventists that will probably do a better job than we do. They're more competent than we are. Don't kid yourself. This, oh, GYC, GYC, ah, yeah, G, ah, we're the last year. Somebody else, could, oh, there's 70 other people out there who can do a better job than we do. Let's start getting it, friends, amen? With joy. That is an injunction to all of us to do evangelism in, in a micro way or in a macro way every day of our lives. But also, you start, if, you, if you're nervous, hey, praise the Lord, I'm, I'm right there along with you. You start this Sabbath, amen? Now, here's the thing. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the fear of no fear. We're going to look at the key little thing that caused the disciples pre-cross and the disciples after the cross. There's a, there's a, there's a marked difference, amen? Now, the first misstep of the, of the ten disciples, uh, 12 disciples, the 10 points, were number one, they had no joy. No joy. Go back, to, go back to chapter 9. They had no joy. No 
joy. Verse 12, we're going to read. When the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. Have you ever had a long day? As a, as a pastor of the Michigan Conference, sometimes there are long days. Sabbath is like the longest day ever. You know, you say praise the Lord, but you're just like, praise the Lord. Sometimes. And there's something like, you know, you loosen your tie. You know what I'm talking about? You come home after church and you're like, and you ever like just sit down and just kind of like want to do nothing? Kind of like zone out. You loosen your tie. Ladies, if you, you don't have ties, so you loosen your scarves. I don't know what you do. And the last thing you want to do is talk to people. You know what I'm talking about? You've been meeting people. Hey, happy Sabbath. How are you? And, hey, whatever. You go visit people. You cast some demons out in the afternoon. And then in the evening, you want to relax. And sometimes you say, Jesus, send the multitude away. What does Jesus say? Verse 13. But he said unto them, what? Give them to what? Now you're tired and you're just dying because the whole day you've been walking. Now you understand back then they walked like an average of 25 miles a day, right? They're not here like text messaging people and talking to people and just sitting all day. They're, they're walking and they're walking. And the last thing you want to do is what? Make food for someone. Yeah? You know, I heard a story. I don't, I'm a pastor. I don't have a pastor's wife. But I, I, I commiserate with pastor's wives. Pastors will go out and, you know, they, they, they meet all these people and then they say, hey, come over to my house. I will make you dinner. We'll make you dinner. <laughs> and he comes home and he has like nine, ten people. And, hey, honey, how's it going? Hey, I just have ten of, you know, our church guests, you know. Um, can you just make dinner for us? And bless every pastor's wife. She does the pastor, the LNG white smile and like, <laughs> yes, Sure. And she does. But inside their heart, what are they thinking? Look, oh, it's been a long day. I made lasagna for potluck, da 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 all these things. But she does it anyway. What Jesus is asking is, go above and beyond. Even when you don't want to do it, do it. And he will give us the strength. Now, let's see what he does. He says, give them to eat. And here the disciples are arguing. With, I love when they argue with Jesus because they always lose. Verse 13. And they said, but we have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we go and buy meat for all these people. Jesus says in verse 14, for there are uh, about 4,000 men. And he said to his disciples, disciples, make them sit down by 50s in a company. Don't you love that? Jesus was an organized person. Amen? Amen? If we're not careful, this group you see here will easily become a mob. Please don't become a mob. <laughs> But Jesus says, organize yourself into 50s. So we're not a movement like, hey, let's go do something. Hey, da 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 And, you know, just go do scare. Like, we got to organize ourselves. Interestingly enough, this Saturday, we have 50 buses lined up. Pretty cool, huh? That was just, okay. Verse 15. And the disciples did so and made them all sit down. 
Jesus took the five loaves, the two fishes, you know the story. He looked up to heaven, he blessed them and break, gave to disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat and were all filled. Now this is classic, verse 17. There was taken up a, frag, a, a fragment that remained to them, how many baskets? How many disciples? One basket per one disciple. Why? He's teaching them a lesson. You see that basket of leftover? I can, that's my power, one thing. But number two, I want you to go above and beyond in service. So when you're doing God's work, it's a not a nine to five thing, amen? You go above and beyond. You're tired, and even when you're tired, you keep doing God's work anyway. None of this American laziness. Uh, I did my work, no. The Lord knows I put in my hours. I deserve to sleep now. No. God is not an American. Amen? Hey, I, I'm an American. Hey, don't, don't, don't get so... Uh, <laughs> but none of this, I, just, I have rights. No. Jesus says, I, I expect above and beyond service. Amen? So number two. Number what was number one? They had no joy. They were complaining. Number two, they just did the minimal possible. During outreach this after, uh, on Sabbath afternoon, if someone gives you a hand of pamphlets, a uh, hand of pamphlets, uh, uh, some pamphlets, <laughs> don't think, as long as I give these pamphlets, I'm done for today. No. Think beyond the box. Think the outside picture. What is the outside picture? We're here to conquer San Jose. So I run out of these. I'm going to pass these out as fast as possible. And not just pass out. You know what I'm saying? You can pass out really quickly, Right? I used to put them, you know, I, I know of all the ways out of outreach, friends. You know, I've been in the church for a while. You put them in, in, in window shields of the, uh, of the cars. And when, hey, did you pass? Yep, I, all out. Okay. You want to do quality, one-to-one interaction. And make sure that pamphlet is worth giving out to that person. Okay. And the, the Holy Spirit will help you. And then you get some you know, freaky stories because of glow, you know, the bathroom thing. You know, that all happens too. Okay. But you go above and beyond. Amen? Number three. Number three. Verse 18. It came to pass as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him and Jesus asked them saying, whom say the people that I am? They answered saying, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets is risen again. And Jesus says unto them again, whom say, uh, but whom say ye that I am? And who? Who's answering here? Peter, good old Peter, answered, said, the Christ of God. 21, he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no one that thing. Now you may be thinking, what is going on here? You understand when Peter in his mind and the other 12 disciples, they're following Jesus for the wrong reasons. Here they are, and you know this already, they're under the empire of the Roman Empire, they're a little colony, and if they have any opportunity, they would rebel and become an independent nation, yeah? Imagine if in America, not in America, if we're fighting, if we are fighting in Afghanistan and, and, and uh, where's the other country over there? I'm an American, I don't know my geography. Okay, Iraq. If we're there and we had Jesus on our side, the war would be over when? Tonight. Can you imagine if Jesus was a warrior, if he was a superhero? Imagine... And this is why the Nazis wanted to find the Ark of the Covenant to get the supernatural power. But imagine you are an army and you have Jesus on your side and you get gunned down. 
oh, all of our men are dead. Jesus, arise. <laughs> you would not need to bring any backpacks with you. No provisions. We're so hungry. What do we do? Oh, you have a little piece of bread? <laughs> Multiply. If you're the Germans, you've got to cross the English Channel. Oh, water? We don't need ships. Let's just all walk on top of the water. And you walk across, and you can conquer the world tomorrow. This is the idea of Jesus, yeah? And then you have Simon the Zealot, which our historians tell us was a terrorist. Any opportunity he had, he would have gone against the Roman Empire. So you see the hopes they have. That's their idea of the Christ, the Superman, the Spider-Man, the, the whatever man. If he became the Messiah, the chosen one, and, and we conquer the Romans, we, we would be Jews again and Israel and restore all that stuff. So here, verse 20, when Jesus says, but whom say ye that I am? And, P- and Peter answering said, Christ of God. You can just imagine he has the, the shaking fist and his, he gets all like charismatic and stuff. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. Verse 21, he straightly charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing. Verse 22, he says in, in, instead, verse 22, the son of man must what? Suffer many things. Be rejected of the who? The elders, the, the, the chief priests, the scribes, the, the status quo of their day. And be slain and be raised the third day. He straight up told the 12 disciples, no parables, no puzzles. Guys, uh, your idea of me is incorrect. I will be rejected of the leadership. I will be the lowest of the low. I will actually die by their hands, but I will resurrect in three days. Okay? And the 12, uh, we, we don't get it. We, we, what? When's the Superman going to happen? My question to you is, how many of us are using Jesus? And these disciples spent three and a half years with Jesus, amen? How many years have you spent with Jesus? How many years have you been in the Seventh-day Adventist Christian church? Could you be also making the same mistakes as these 12 disciples? How many of you have no joy? You're in in school, you're going to do the Lord's work, and you have no joy. How many of you are parents? You're raising children for God's cause, but you have no joy. How many of you are not just doing the minimal amount possible? Just, and how many of us are using Jesus for our own benefit? And what's so awesome, not, not awesome, so humbling is Jesus is so humble, he allows us to use him. He allows us to use him. In the Zav Ages, I don't know where an exact quote, so you can go look it up in your CD-ROM. Uh, she says that they had the wrong motive to follow Jesus, but that's okay. He took that because they were willing to follow him. He doesn't care what reason you follow Jesus. But he changes the reason later on, amen? Number four. Number four. Let's skip down to verse 28. Get a chance to read verse 23 to verse 27. Very good stuff there. Verse 28, it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, James, and John, or John and James, and went up into a mountain to pray. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. Behold, there talked with him two men, which were who? Moses and? Who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish in Jerusalem. But Peter... 
and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. When they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. It came to pass as, he, as they departed from him, Jesus said unto Jesus, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said. This is just mind-boggling for me. You have the transfiguration experience. You have Elijah and Moses appear. Two individuals chosen by heaven to give comfort to Jesus. And at this time, Jesus asked three of his closest disciples to come up with him and maybe even had this awesome experience. But what are they doing? Adventist young people, are you falling asleep? Literally, are you falling asleep right now? Because you need to wake up. Okay. But spiritually speaking, are we falling asleep? It's interesting that, uh, that Satan has a way to tempt people to fall asleep at the perfect opportunity. As a preacher, as a public speaker, I see all of you. And, be, and speaking on behalf of all the preachers out there, we see you when you're falling asleep. I know you think we don't see you, but we do see you. And when your eyes close, we see that. Some of the Asians we don't really see, but okay, everyone else, we see. <laughs> Satan has, an, has, a, has, a, has a thing where he makes people fall asleep at the right time when they need to hear something. The thing that will impact their salvation, that's when your eyelids become so heavy that you cannot raise. You ever have those, those moments where you get fidgety? oh, I need to get out of here. Or you, you don't really have to go to the bathroom, but you need to go to the bathroom during a sermon. Timing is everything, friends. Peter, James, John lost the opportunity because they fell asleep. Are you falling asleep during your devotions? How many of you woke up today and did your devotions, but you fell asleep during, I fall asleep at devotions a lot, I'll, I'll admit it. You know how the word of God gets closer to, your, closer to you? Eventually, you're in the word, literally. You're like. <laughs> you know why when you're falling asleep, there's, there's, there's different things that's going in your head. One, Lord, I'm tired. I deserve to sleep. Are you saying that you need physical rest more than spiritual rest? Are you spending Sabbath in sleep? Or are you spending Sabbath in rest? The other thing is, you're saying is, Lord, I just don't care. I've been in the Adventist church for 20 years. I heard this sermon again. He's talking about Noah again. He's talking about walking. Okay, walking on wall. I got, I got this. I heard this already. It's not the actual information that you're getting. I hope today you're not actually learning something from Luke chapter 9. But it is the experience that you're going through now that converts you. Perhaps you're thinking I'm a horrible pe- uh, preacher. And I am. I am. Okay. I, I listen to myself. I'm like, man, that guy has a weird. Anyway. The Lord is saying you need to pray for your preachers. Perhaps you're critical of heart. Perhaps you're, you're thinking all these things. It, what are you experiencing right now? And perhaps your mind wanders and you're convicted about something totally different from the message. It's the experience of the message. So friends, when it comes to listening to the word of God, Lord, I don't even need sleep. I don't need water. I don't need uh, food. I want to hear your, your words. 
I want to, you need focus like crazy. Peter, James, and John. I don't, the, the scripture doesn't say, I don't know, but perhaps you're like, oh, Jesus is praying alone again. Whenever Jesus prays, it's a long time. So we'll just hang out here, down by the stones here. Oh, these stones are quite soft. Let me just rest my head here. And I just, in my mind, I don't know why, but Peter would probably snore the loudest <laughs> of the three. They're falling asleep. Number five. In verse 34, verse 34, oh, I'm sorry, verse 33. It came to pass as they departed for him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, oh, really, Peter, and let us make three tabernacles. Okay, Peter, how many three? Okay, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And scripture says, Luke says what? Not knowing what he said. Peter is just talking, does he know what he's talking about? You ever have people who compensate for their incompetence in weird ways? I've been a youth pastor for four years, and I have a really bad habit, and pray for me, I'm trying to fix it, but when people fall asleep, I call on them. Hey, can you read the text right now? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. I, 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 was, paying, I was paying attention the whole time. Okay, well, go ahead, read it. He's like, oh, uh, what, what passage? They have no idea. When you're caught red-handed, you try to comp- you pretend nothing happened. You know what I'm talking about? You know, oh, hey, oh, you, yeah, hey, hey. Wh- I saw Elijah. I saw, we need to be with three tabernacles. Three. One for you, Jesus. One for him. Yeah. How does that sound? He's compensating. You're covering up. Interesting. These are, these are incompetent 12 disciples. Verse 37. It came to pass that on the next day when they were much, uh, come down from the hill, much people met him. Verse 38, Behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only child. A spirit taketh him, and lo, a spirit taketh him, and he suddenly crieth out. It teareth him from, and it teareth him that he foameth again, and bruising him heartily departed from him. I besought thy disciples to cast them out, and they could not. Verse 41, And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. As he was yet coming, the devil threw him down and tear him. Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and delivered him again to his father. Verse 43, they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. And while they wondered everyone at all the things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the son of man shall be delivered into the hands of men. Verse 45, and they understood not the saying, and it was hid from them, and they perceived it not, and they feared to ask him of, any, that of anything. These 12 disciples, and again, they didn't get it. GYC, do you get it? Or are you one of these 12 disciples? Jesus is saying, the next thing that is happening is my crucifixion. I want you to be focused on that. These guys aren't getting it. They're, they don't understand. And, and man, they're, they're looking to each other. What did he say? I don't know. What is I don't know. I don't know. Hey, and they just pretend like we know what you're saying, Jesus. We'll, we'll just talk about it when you're not around what you're saying. They don't get it. Friends, this morning, I want to implore you. Do you know why you're a Seventh-day Adventist Christian? Do you know the, divini- uh, the divine meaning behind Seventh-day Adventist. That doesn't sound right. Not divine meaning, but you understand the chosen from heaven name. 
We are a generation of young people who are frustrated, who are even angry. Time Magazine says the next generation coming up is more conservative than the baby boomer generation. They are tired of complacency, indifference, and they're an angry generation. And guess where the answers are coming from? Orthodoxy. Conservatism. Fundamentalists. Not fundamentalists in the wrong sense, but in the good sense. Why are we Seventh-day Adventist Christians? Young people today, my generation, I'm a young 27 years old, my generation, I am frustrated that I did not know what I, why I was a Seventh-day Adventist until I was 20 years old. I thought I was a Catholic who worshipped on Saturday and didn't eat pork. That is not Seventh-day Adventist, amen? The next event on the horizon, we're talking about tomorrow, four prophecies we have still yet to wait for. The next event on the horizon is what we should be about. Jesus is telling us what is the next event that's happening. Be focused on that. And the whole time, Adventists are like, well, we don't get it, we don't get it. We're exactly like the 12 disciples. We're using Jesus, there's no joy, we're falling asleep during sermons, and in life, we lost our focus, we're not getting it. Verse 44, he says, let these things sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. But they understood not this saying, da-da-da-da. Verse 46, then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be the what? This is just crazy phenomenal. Jesus, I'm going to die. And they're, and they're arguing while he's telling them he's going to be on the cross. They're, hey, Peter, Peter's saying, hey, I'm better than you. John said, no, I'm better than you. Philip said, no, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> I'm better looking than you, whatever. Competition within the ranks. I want to read to you some quotes from the book of education and, and, and encourage all of you. It is prerequisite reading that you read the book education. Education is not about education, amen? It's about life. It's called life. That's a serial. Okay, education, page 225. True education does not ignore the value of scientific knowledge or literary attainments, acquirements. But above information, it values power. Above power, goodness. Above intellectual acquirements, character. The world does not, need much, does not much need men of great intellect as of noble character. It needs men in whom ability is controlled by steadfast principle. True education departs this wisdom. It teaches that the best use not only of one, but of all our powers and acquirements. Thus it covers the whole circle of obligation to ourselves, to the world, to God. Character building is the most important work ever entrusted to human beings. And never before was its diligent study so important as now. Never was any previous generation called to meet issues so momentous. Never before were young men and young women confronted by perils so great as confront them today. You've probably heard this quote before. Amen? Character development is the number one aim in, in, of, of our lives before the last days. Now, the context why I read this is this. Much of the education given is a perversion of the name. In true education, the selfish ambition the greed for power, the disregard for rights and needs for humanity that are a curse of the world find a counter-influence. Basic point is this. 
Here are the 12 disciples. They're not getting it. And they're arguing amongst themselves who's better. In a sense, there's competition going on in the 12 disciples. In our ranks today, is there competition going on amongst us today? Competition is the foundation of capitalism. I'm not being anti-capitalist. I'm not a communist, so don't come up to me and be like, da 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 okay? We today have the principles of, of competition ingrained in our system of thinking. Yes? When you come in for registration, I want to be first. I want to be first. I deserve to get my hotel now. They lost my luggage. I was delayed 500 hours, and I need my room. I don't care who you are, get out of here. Happy Sabbath, happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. <laughs> we go to our schools. We have competition ingrained in the school. You got a what? A 95? Well, I got a 96. Uh, we go have our, our, our outreach activities are competitive. Can we say sports? Our level of thinking is how to beat the other person. As Americans of the Western world, competition is ingrained in our minds. Parents, you raise your kids to beat the other kids. Give them an edge in society. You know what I'm talking about? Even here on 3EBN, I do it all the time. Hey, I, I, we need to promote this. No, we need to promote We compete over time. We compete over rooms, and we, we see this all over us today. Instead, Ellen White writes in the book Education, there is a model that Seventh-day Adventist education should promote that's groundbreaking and does away with this competitive model. What is that? I'll read it one more time because you weren't paying attention the first time. True education imparts this wisdom. It teaches the best use of not only one, but all of our powers and acquirements. Thus, it covers the whole circle of obligation to ourselves, to the world, and to God. What true education is, is not a competitive market. It's saying, how can I use my entire being, my all of me, to help every person around me, even if it means I go down? Now imagine in this group, there's, I don't know how many people, a couple hundred in here, a couple thousand in here, I don't know. Seems like a lot. If every person in this room did not have a competitive mindset, and here we are arguing, we're, we're, who's the greatest, who's the greatest preacher, who's the greatest student, who's the greatest parent, if we have this mindset of, let's promote everyone else, let's help, let's save everyone else, even if it means to my detriment, Jesus would be here sooner than later. We need a generation who has this kind of mindset and promotes it in, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our families, every place. But here we are, just like the 12 disciples, and we're arguing with each other. And sometimes we don't argue with each other in a, in a, in a, in a brute way. Sometimes we use creative ways to be competitive. Verse 46. Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest. You know the story again. Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child and set it by him, set him by him, and said unto him, said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever rece shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. Amen. This is the true education model here. There's a story that, that one of our, our campus missionaries told. True education is using every aspect of who you are. These disciples didn't want to use every aspect. They want to do minimal. 
the one thing that that that, I'm, that 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 uh gyc really resonates with young people is the call for excellence to use every aspect of who you are whatever you do do the best of your ability it's scriptural amen it really resonates with young people but in a competitive model you can do the same thing what jesus says this do the best that you do with everything for jesus sake and for evangelism's sake a bathroom cleaner at, at Michigan Conference Camp Meet, she did an awesome, awesome job. She would go above and beyond to clean those bathrooms. And, and trust me, the camp meeting bathrooms are just nasty. She would do it with a smile. She would do it humming, hummingly, if that's a word. And she would do the, make sure they're, they're sparkling and, and spray the lemon thingy. And it was, just, it, was, it was just a glorious experience to go to the bathroom after she cleaned it. And so one of us asked her, why, what, what makes you so happy? What is your, 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 your impetus? What is your motivation? Why, 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 why do you do it? Why just don't do minimal, just do this, and just, just get out of there? She says, I want to do the best for Jesus. I, when I do the best, best of my job, the best, the best at this, uh, when I do my best, then every person who goes to the bathroom has a good experience. They come out smiling. Okay, whatever. Then they go back to the meeting, and they're, they're happier. And then camp meeting itself becomes happier. And when people are happier, camp meeting gets become a positive experience, and more people are wanted to Jesus as a, as, as a result. Through one small bathroom toilet cleaning experience, she's impacting the world. Friends, are you excellent in the small things? Jesus says here in verse 48, For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. Verse 49, I don't know which step we're on, but this is, again, a gallery of all the mistakes. Uh, scholars say chapter 9 is not chronological. Verse 49, John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, but we forbade him, because he followeth not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. Jesus' disciples were exclusive. They're like, you're not part of our club. Get out. Only us. Now, I want to say the Seventh-day Adventist denomination is the remnant, the biblical remnant. Without reservation and without disclaimer or apology, it is the remnant. But we seek to be the most inclusive remnant possible. Every person should be a Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. We'll just say that and keep on going. Verse 51. This is hilarious. The twelve disciples, three and a half years, it came to pass that when the time was come that he should uh, be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go up to Jerusalem. He sent messengers before his face. They went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. They did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them even as Elijah did? hilarious three and a half years with jesus and the culmination of the experience this experience jesus was about to go to the cross and james and john were like jesus they dissed you do you want us to kill them for you and john says jesus will you allow me to call fire from heaven if jesus said okay sure let's hypothetically go ahead do that can you imagine what john would do fire <laughs> Come down. Nothing would happen. Their characters were not developed yet. They had anger issues. 
they were not uh, in tune with their spirit. They had their carnal nature still there. Friends, I want to ask you, those of you who are not young people, and but young at heart, okay, how long have you been in the Adventist church? 25 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years. Bless your heart, some of you 70 years, some of you 80 years, some of you 90 years. Not, 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 okay, 90 years. Is it possible to spend 90 years with Jesus and not get it? Is it possible to have an intimate devotional life with Jesus and not get it? Is it possible to go to church for 90 years and not get it? These 12 disciples spent 24 hours with Jesus. They slept, ate, did everything with Jesus, and they still didn't get it. They were wrongly trained, if you will. They had all these issues, and the more time they spent with Jesus, it's almost as if they didn't get it more. Verse 57. Verse 55, Jesus rebukes in verse 57. It came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man that Desire of Egypt says was the, was the disciple Judas. Judas says, Lord, I will follow thee wherever so thou goest. And Jesus says, you have no idea what you're talking about. The foxes have their hotels, the birds have their homes, but the Son of Man doesn't have any bed to stay in. Verse 40, 59. Another disciple comes up to me, another, he said to another disciple, follow me. But this disciple said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Verse 61, another disciple comes and, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. When it comes to the word of God, how many of us are like, the word of God is being spoken, and you zoom in. You do this, you, know, you squint your eyes, and you focus 100%, and you zoom in to anything that's spiritual. First, but too often we make excuses. Oh, my cell phone went off. Cell phone becomes first. A lot of you mothers, I need to take care of my kids. The word of God should replace, not replace, but, but become before your kids. Gentlemen, you are here for the word of God, not to check out the girls. Amen. Ladies, the other way, but with the opposite gender, you know what I'm saying. Okay? When it comes to spiritual, when it comes to GYC, the word of God is, I'm here to see Jesus. This morning, this day is going to be an intense day. Amen. Intense day. You have a choice to choose four uh, seminars. This is not sanctified tourism or sanctified uh, uh, Bible, uh, just entertainment. If anything, we have speakers here who are old and experienced. Your job is to be mentored unto them. Use this time and experience for yourselves. Don't mess around in the lobby. You did not pay $300 to mess around in the lobby. It's a ghetto lobby. You did not mess around to, to fall asleep in the sermons. Go to every workshop and go to the speaker and say, I want to ask you about this question. I want to be mentored unto you. I will never see you ever again, but this is my only opportunity. I may die after GYC through a snowstorm. I need to get this. I need to know. I need to be, I need to focus. But too often we come to GYC, we get our name tags, and we say, happy Sabbath, hi, oh, I'd like to take this sermon about sex and this one about dating and this one about, you know, pork and this one about, and we don't go to the ones we need to hear. It becomes sanctified entertainment. You know, I'm kind of poor. I need to get some money. Oh, you know, go to that one. (laughs) Friends, this morning, I want to implore you. Use the GYC experience for your, but no one is going to make you. 
No one is going to force you. This is your time. And we need to organize ourselves. We need to get serious. And tomorrow morning, we're going to look at that one characteristic that the 12 disciples understood. And they went all out afterwards. Tomorrow's sermon is called The Fear of No Fear. If I were to retitle it, I'd call it Got It. Today is Get It. Tomorrow is what? Got it. I want to read you this one last quote and we'll, we'll close for today. With such an army, you know this quote, yeah? With such an army of workers as our youth, rightly trained. What is the two words, rightly trained? If we are not rightly trained, we're just an army of, you know, yeah, cheerleaders. We need to be trained. The purpose of GYC is to train and to inspire. We need to be trained. How many love to do outreach? How many hate to do outreach? Don't raise your hands. You need to go to the outreach once. Go to Elder Torres' once. How many of you love dating? Raise your hands. Don't raise, no, don't raise, don't raise your hands. You need to deny self, stop using Jesus, and get yourself focused. This is GYC, friends. We want to be an army of young people rightly trained. Rightly trained. Amen? Rightly trained. With an army of workers as our youth rightly changed might furnish how soon the message of a crucified, risen, and soon coming Savior might be carried to the whole world. How soon might the end come, the end of suffering, the end of sorrow, the end of sin? You don't know the kinesthetic potential of young people. Old people are old. They have issues. The Lord still uses them. But young people, we don't have issues. Now, you will soon when you get older. You will. You know, when you get married, a lot of issues, theoretically, uh, it happens. Okay. But before that time happens, and even if you're married, use your energy. Use your your. your your, the willingness to go all out. There's something just really twisted about young people who are willing to four people to a hotel to sleep in a, in a bed with a strange person, to wake up 7 o'clock in the morning. There's something that young people love to suffer. If we said, hey, no, it's going to be nine people to a bed, you'd be like, yes, awesome. You know, I'll get that spot right there. You'd be sleeping in bathtubs and you're like, you know, just go all out to go hardcore we need that here but too often oh i'm staying at the four-star hotel hilton where are you staying at oh i got the you know da, 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 da. and we, we we relax we see the christmas trees and we see the the ornaments and like oh we sing the christmas carols because it's on the radio let's focus friends let's stop messing around let's start getting it let's start getting it no more indifference no more falling asleep. I'm reviewing here. No more using Jesus. I'll go on a limb here. No more maintenance of the church. Let's start progressing forward. I love McNeilis' message last night. Let's take ownership of this church. This is my church. Let's go all out for this church. No more complaining. No more murmuring. Let's actually start doing something. No more three and a half years with Jesus. It's almost as if we've here been for GYC seven years. I liken it to, 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 to Jacob. He's getting married to, to Rachel. And after seven years of hard work, he gets married to her and opens the veil. And he's like, oh, uh? you know, like, is this, who are you? You're Leah. 
We've been messing around for seven years, and if we're not careful, we're going to just mess around for another seven years until we get it. No more three and a half, no more seven, no more wrong training. Friends, how many of you today realize I may, be having spe- I may have spent 10, 15, 20, 25 years with Jesus, and I still haven't got it, gotten it? Is this you? How many of you are convicted, Lord, I am a Seventh-day Adventist in mind, but not in heart? Or some of you, Lord, I'm not even a Seventh-day Adventist in mind. I don't even know why I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Go to Nathan Renner's uh, presentations. Young people, do not get discouraged. God will bless us if we go all out for him. But we need to be rightly trained. And if GYC has made a mistake, tell us. We need to rectify it. But don't sit status quo and be like, let's just listen to whatever, da 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 da. Let's stop messing around, friends. Amen? How many of you, the show of hands, not to me, not to 3ABN, not to these cameras, but to Lord Jesus himself, say, Lord, I've been with you for three and a half years. I want to stop messing around. Raise your hands. Lord, I have made a mistake. One of these 10 things that, that, that Luke chapter 9 mentions, that is me. Raise your hands high. High, friends. Do not be ashamed. Jesus will convert us every day of our lives. If you can, turn to the person next to you. And this morning, we're going to start this day out with prayer, amen? Get together, press together. One of the, 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 the signs of, of, of God's movement is Ellen White mentions spontaneous prayer sessions and spontaneous Bible studies. Don't you just love when you go to the hotel lobby and you see people just studying the word of God? Now, I realize this isn't too spontaneous because I just asked you to do it. But Lord, but we, need, but we need to plea, Lord, I don't get it. And ask each other to help us. We have no time to waste. Turn to the person next to you at this time. Kneel together, press together, and we conclude in prayer. This media was produced by Audioverse for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org